Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another fine edition of Ghost Chronicles International. I am Ron Kolak, your host, the gatekeeper of the realm of the unknown, the unexplained, the unbelievable, New England's own Van Helsink. With me, all the way back from Ireland, and now in the land of the Red Dragon, is the Wall Street Journal's gold standard in ghost hunting, Mr. Parascience, Stephen Parsons. Top of the morning to you, Ron. Oh, he picked up a little bloke there, or whatever it is. Yeah, broke, picked up broke, a, broke. I forget. Yeah, picked up a bit of garlic while I was in Ireland. Yeah, I blame you. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you, you, you came back. It was the uh, we are broadcasting live, of course, from Tojinet, Pararex, uh, Planet Paranormal, Crackle Radio, Radio, and Crackle. what is that? Is it Radio Crackle? <laughs> crackle Radio? You're confusing the crap out of me. Yeah. Start with Crackle and finish with Radio and you'll be just about there. I said that. Crackle no. Radio. No, it's Radio, radio? Crackle. Whatever. So it's Crackle Radio? No, Radio Crackle. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, moving right along is uh, I just wanted to to talk a little bit about paranormal groups. What do we care what they're doing and why do we care? Why do we want to criticize them? Uh, why do we want to broadcast thing? Why? Why? Why, why can't we just... Got anything to do with, has huh? this got anything to do with my Facebook post? I, I don't know. I have no clue. I don't know what yours is. What are you talking referring you do know to? What my face, you do because you commented back on it that I was being a spoiled sport. So I'm oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean, what what difference does it make when people post things that they believe one thing or another or say things that? I mean, are you the paranormal police? Is that what it is? No, I'm not the paranormal police. And actually, it doesn't matter one single jot what they get up to in the grand scheme of things. However, the reason for my post is because every weekend, every Sunday morning, Facebook, the social media, fills up with all of the groups who have been out the night before Mm -hmm. making claims that they have... But amazing proof, amazing evidence of paranormal encounters that cannot be explained. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll wager that they probably can't be explained, as I said in my post, because they haven't looked properly. You know, it's in the grand scheme of things, it really doesn't matter, does it? Because, you know, no. who gives a damn? You know, paranormal research, it's a fringe science, well, it's a fringe hobby of a fringe science parapsychology. And at the end of the day, it's not going to make a rat's ass to the, you know, to the, the world. However, well, that's the thing. I mean, Steve, that's the thing, though, is is what, you know, are they paranormal researchers? 
I mean, it's one thing to say that you're a paranormal researcher and then post something. If you see you're a paranormal researcher and then you post something, then of course you're open to scrutiny because you are presenting something to be scrutinized. But if you're just doing whatever you're doing and posting stuff, whatever you post, then, you know, whatever. I mean, it's are you trying to change the world because of what they posted? And uh, are they trying to change the world because they, they've got some balls of light in their pictures or they got, uh, you know, a little bit of smoke or or a temperature dropped or a light went on? I mean, what, what I mean, I don't is that proof of what are, are they presenting that as proof? Um, well. Well, with so many questions there in one sentence, I know. I just, deal with it, them, I'm just getting chronologically. So tired of, tired of the, all the drama and the, the stuff. What drama? The, oh, everybody complaining about everybody. Oh, he posted. Nobody's complaining posted. about everybody. I, I, I'm not calling them um, paranormal investigators. They are. They're calling themselves paranormal investigators. Oh, if, you can be a paranormal investigator. That's fine. If that's what you do, yeah. then well, if you, you call, do, it has if, nothing if, to do with if, paranormal research, which is an entirely well, different concept. Well, a lot of them actually mix the two up quite quite a lot, and they use both terms. They claim that they're doing serious investigations. They claim that their results are meaningful. They claim that their results are evidential. Mm-hmm. Um, that those claims aren't mine. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But you get just as well. But, you but get surely, people that you get people but, that will challenge these same results. And they're throwing the same bollocks up there. It's, it's, it's you know, well, I don't get it. It's just like, okay, I'm yeah, better than everybody yeah, else. Why. My it's opinion nothing, is more important. It's got nothing to do with elitism. You're missing the point entirely. It's all entirely due to... You, yeah, you are missing the point entirely. The, it's, all, it's all due down to peer review because they are making certain claims. They are putting their claims out into the public domain. They are the... F- on their or, Facebook page? Uh, well, it's the, you can't get much more public than that. Yeah. If you make a public claim about something, uh, you claim that you're an investigator, you then pu- publish your results, uh, or you publish your claims, you are inviting peer review. Now, peer review is a well-understood process by which science operates. Um, and is it, is it realistically unfair of, of others to comment? Simply because, you know, what is that considered to be elitism? Because these people are making well, claims. Are, are, they, asking, are they asking for someone's opinion or are they just posting pictures on well, their Facebook page? Well, if, you, if, you, if you post a comment onto Facebook, what's the next box underneath it say? It says comments. Right. It's a fully open social media. So if you stick mm-hmm. it on Facebook, you are inviting by by default, a comment. You are asking people to click a like. You, you are inviting people to share it, mm-hmm. and therefore comments are invited. Now, those comments might be supportive. People who have similar beliefs might click like and say, "Yes, I fully agree with you." However, and you do people. Or I, I often click like and I often agree with people. Mm-hmm. However, you know it's this a isn't directed at you, by the way. This no, no, ge- no, no, this no. This is general. But it, no, I, di- I, di- I didn't think it was. But, you know, okay. you don't have to agree with the comment, and you, you, you can make comments of your own. Now, I didn't comment on any particular group. That post that I put up was based upon weeks, months, years of seeing this same old drivel thrown onto social media on a Sunday morning by groups who 
call themselves investigators who claim to be doing uh, it, reasonable investigations. In many cases, they, they claim to be doing scientific investigations and they claim their results are worthy. Now, I would challenge anybody to evaluate their results in a mere few hours, a mere few sleep-deprived hours after they've raced back home from the location and stuck it onto the social media. Yeah, I know from my own experience, it, it takes a long time to carefully evaluate the results. Science works, all investigation, discovery works by a process of eliminating all of the possibilities. Mm -hmm. To simply say that something happened in front of you and to go, that's unexplainable, is complete and utter nonsense. Because in many, many cases, it really demonstrates that you just haven't looked properly. Because mm -hmm. often, the, and you, do you know what's even more bizarre is you get the same group, if you read their, their uh, web pages, if you read their About Us pages, mm -hmm. they also say 99% of things that happen can be explained. And yet on Sunday morning, they don't seem to be explaining anything at all because they all gullibly, you know, the boggle factor seems to have been um, affected by sleep deprivation and everything is unexplainable. Yeah, but I've also seen That's other people and groups on there that, that think they're, oh, okay, I, oh, look at that, I can see that exactly what it is. And, you know, and they make fun of it and yet you go on their website and they got the same... Uh, mysterious stuff on theirs. It, it's it, you know, it's there's two. It, there's no standard. It, it's just like you know, it's all about time. it's all about me, and you know, everybody else is is dribble. Um, well, exactly, and you've got that wonderful saying, haven't you? That ninety nine percent of um, of orbs are dust and moisture, but one percent are paranormal. Mm -hmm. um, just it's just a saying that's thrown out there, and invariably, as you rightly pointed out. The, 1% that are paranormal are the 1% on that particular group's right. page. Uh, and they, you see groups uh, talking about how they are scientific, and how they exactly. are objective, mm -hmm. and then you see orbs, and then you see all manner of nonsense. being. Yeah, but those orbs are different, the, according to them. Well, of course they're different, because they took them. And they, now, one of the things that you do have to be careful about, I'm not going to go ahead, well I am I suppose, but one of the things you've got to be careful about is um, when, you're, when you're making uh, a comment, is of course you've got to remember that you weren't there when the picture was taken. Now, mm -hmm. there, are, there have been instances when I have been in a situation where something has taken place, and I know from the situation that uh, at the time of the incident that there was no reasonable explanation mm -hmm. was likely to, to, to come forward. Yet I would never present that particular piece of evidence or information on the Parascience website because it was, it was flawed by the fact that I was the only person there, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and I, I realised that I could easily pick holes in it. Mm -hmm. uh, so See, I, I, I think I'm... you've got to be... I'm an observer. I like to observe people. I like to try to understand them. And to me, that's, that's important uh, in what I do. And you, you've seen my website. I will post pictures on my website, but I won't tell you what they are. Where I said these are photos that we took. And people will go into 
what they see in the photos or don't see in the photos. And, and that's all good because that's from their own point of view, from their own reality is what they're seeing. So to me, that's I find that more interesting than going up there and just say, OK, just criticize. I mean, it's just like, you know, OK, you saw this or you didn't see this. This was explained because of this and, and that. I mean, it, that to me is more interesting. And uh, so I, I don't know. I really get I mean, what's that? Well, I was going to say, it's often been said, um, I myself have said it, that one of the most interesting things about ghost hunting others because you've got very interesting social interactions uh it's more sociology and your parapsychologists or psychologists might be better served by studying the ghost hunters. you know why do people ghost hunt what is it they have to get out of it that was uh, why i was so intrigued well, by and and winsper's uh study on uh, evp not so much the actual evps but why people hear what they hear and, and to me that that is interesting i mean it, we're under, I mean, let's face it, everything we see, hear, smell, it's all through our own reality. It's all through our own eyes, our own senses. And, and that's where we formulate our opinion, well, plus our, our intellect as well. But, I mean, if without those, we really can't formulate. I mean, we, we look at everything through our own perspective. That's perfectly true. It sounds like you've just come off the ghostology course. <laughs> I do want to get into that, but I, I just get on this thing. Because, because that's exactly what we're talking about uh, in Ireland during the Ghostology course. In fact, that, that's one of the actual modules of the Ghostology course, uh, this idea of, of uh, studying the people of it is a, essentially a human experience and that we perceive, our, uh, we perceive those experiences through our, um, our own beliefs through our own learning and understanding, we create our own realities. Mm -hmm. And if people believe that the dead return, if people believe that blobs of light are paranormal, then I'm not going to criticise those people, because that's their belief and they're entitled to have beliefs. Where I have a problem is where I... I feel, and it's not just me. It's, and this is not just aimed at you. Once again, you keep thinking. No, 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 you no. Keep saying I, but it's, I'm, I'm, it's I, really I, I because I'm speaking for me, um, mm -hmm. and I'm also speaking for parascience, mm -hmm. because we have a duty uh, to present quality evidence, um, and we expect our evidence to be reviewed. We expect people uh, when we present our our, our evidence our results we expect people to critique it and then we use that critique criticism to develop the hypothesis to develop better experiments to develop better understanding we don't simply stop learning and developing modifying changing our view on on uh, the nature of experiences on the nature of phenomena on the nature of on the way that those phenomena are explored or interpreted. And that's part of the process. Now, what fortunately happens is a lot of people don't apply that, that self-critique. They simply blindly accept something as a fact, and it is their fact. Mm -hmm. They will say things like and we just talked about human perception and you raised that very important point that we see we interpret the world through our our own 
mind rather mm-hmm. than our senses. Our senses are merely you're right. instruments of the That's mind. Good point of saying it that way. Yeah, I like that way better. Yeah, actually. So, so when so when somebody comes up and says, "I know what I saw," you've got to think to yourself, "Actually, you don't." Well, they do know <laughs> what they saw. They know what they they, they think. They know what they know. They, they, they know what they saw. Right? To well, them, it's, well, that's their reality. They may be in error. That's their reality. It may to be... our reality, well, uh, but to their reality, it is what it is. Well, take, take for example, um, a scenario that came up in, in ghostology. Uh, mm-hmm. Two people in the room. One can see a ghost in the corner, an apparition. The other can't. Both states are true. Because one person is seeing a ghost doesn't mean that the ghost isn't there. Right. The fact that the other person can't see the ghost means that the ghost isn't there. But so therefore, both things are true. Yeah. Well, that, 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 that's a simple fact. You know, that's been my mantra what, for years. One doesn't negate the other. Now, where, where we have to gain some degree of understanding is by... First of all, understanding the nature of the experience. Ghost hunting is not about hunting for ghosts. Because ghosts, ghosts exist in the sense that people see ghosts mm-hmm. and people experience ghosts. So we accept without, without, you know, without much further question the fact that they exist. It's how do they exist? Do they exist as a, an external entity? Do they exist only in our, our minds? Do they, is there a combination of both? It's about studying a human experience. So ghost hunting isn't, isn't really about looking for phantoms floating around buildings. I agree. I've always said that it is the paranormal experience, not, uh, you know, even spirit quests, it's always been the, the uh, the subtitle under that was paranormal the paranormal experience because I've always said that through the years that you know it is the paranormal really a personal experience or is it something else and I always believed it was the personal experience and the more research I do in it the, the more I believe that well it, it has to be an experience because. Mm-hmm. That's all. At the, at the, the nub of the, of, the, of the whole paranormal debate is the fact that somebody has had an experience. You know, we're not there to... You know, we can't find ghosts with thermal images. We can find ghosts in human testimony. We mm-hmm. can't find ghosts with thermometers, but we can find them in, in written records. We are reliant totally for our knowledge of ghosts and apparitions and hauntings upon human testimony from personal experiences and accounts. That's all we have. And, and we what have that, no... But it, uh, those experiences also are created in our minds in that we, uh, how can I say this, uh, this knowledge that we've attained through these personal experiences then weigh upon our impact uh, or the experience impact for instance we in, on the ghost chronicles morning edition we were talking about the grim reaper uh you know who what was the green grim reaper and and you know why people see the grim reaper and we, some of the the discussion turned to because we have thought of uh you know we've been told and learned about the grim reaper and when we see something it becomes an image like pareidolia, it becomes something that we can recognize, and therefore 
it is what it is. In our reality, we see the Grim Reaper because our mind has to make order to it, so this is what it is. It could be something totally different form or whatever, but our mind, once again, creates it to look like something that we can identify. Well, there, there's a kind of, <laughs> that's kind of true to a point, but we identify the Grim Reaper because we recognize the Grim Reaper from uh, shared art, shared imagery, Mm-hmm. From from paintings, from drawings, from folk history, um, where images are presented, the only images we have of Jesus Christ are, and, and you know, you can put up a. Everybody has a sort of image of Jesus Christ, but mm-hmm. it's not gained from Jesus Christ, or it's not gained from you know from some imperceptible uh, something that just pops That's a into bad our head. Analogy, it's by because, the way. Well, it's because. We've seen lots of pictures of Jesus Christ, so we know what he looks like, or we think we know what he looks like, or we imagine what he's looking like. So, when people uh, have, if you uh, believe in the Shroud of Turin, we can actually. Have you seen the uh, the actual where they well, that's, they, make, they make Jesus? But that's Christ. just art form. It's it's still it's still art. It's still an image that's presented, represented. It's like with the Virgin Mary. People have had uh, seen apparitions of the Virgin Mary at Lourdes, at Fatima, at, at you know, uh, lots of Magdury, other locations. They all see a common, similar image mm-hmm. because they all recognize the Virgin Mary, the Blessed Virgin Mary, from images that have been presented for hundreds of years in art. So that's, that's right. where we get this idea from. But what's, what's that's like if, if God, God came down to the earth, if you believe in God, if God came down to the earth, we would all see him differently. You know, uh, Hindus might see him as a as a, who, who's a dude, Buddha. Um, and, you know, we, we might see him as Christ. We might, uh, you know, someone else might see him as Allah or whatever, but we may see different images of the same thing. And that's only because our mind has been brainwashed basically to well there's a very there's a very old saying that's uh, that, that's true at this point you you only see the god you you see the god that you want to see you see the god that you're expecting to see so isn't that go all the way back to the paranormal and we see what <laughs> we want to see there's no difference is there because no. god is potentially the same thing you know this belief in something that isn't there <laughs> this this religious experience the the religious just miracles, the interactions with, uh, with with God, the interactions with the Virgin Mary, are all forms of paranormal experience. Mm-hmm. And in, in in almost every case, we are solely reliant, like with experiences with ghosts, on human testimony. Now, what's slightly different with some of the paranormal experiences is that we do have some objective data too. Now. The objective data is data uh, information that's obtained from uh, non-human sources, from machines that mm-hmm. don't have an active imagination, that, that can't imagine uh, or conceive a world around them. So, for instance, uh, and it, it is very much the case, that people say, that people assume, believe, that the temperature drops. Um Coincident with the, the, the appearance of a ghost or or, or some some other paranormal experience, and it's uh, something that's that's regularly portrayed in Hollywood. You know, before the phantom appears, just before mm-hmm. the the poltergeist appears, you can see the cold, the the the, 
the vapor from the person's mouth and they you know the, the temperature drops now that's hollywood but in reality there is quite a bit of objective data that links unusual temperature drops with paranormal experiences mm-hmm. where somebody has said that the temperature has changed and a piece of equipment lacking imagination records that change and i'm not talking about somebody reading it because that would be subjective because they're reading the data mm-hmm. they're interpreting the data but where you have a graph a graphic form of the data that you can go back to and you can examine and you can see that at the time or coincident with the human experience the subjective experience you have an objective documentation that indicates that something took place. You know what the interesting that, thing that, too is, Steve, as well, is is if we could actually get biological data on the person who witnesses the ghost yeah. uh, at the time it's it happens. Try uh, you know were they were it's they a, yeah it's, it's difficult because it's always after the fact. But you know were they tired? Were was there a condition? You know a, a med- medical condition? Were they depressed? Were there were they in a good mood? You know all these not even just the mood part, but I mean also physical things as well as is what was going on with their body at that time as well. It, it'd be interesting. I mean, there's, there's so many variables that could affect of what we see and hear and, and, and experience, really. Well, uh, you know, you, you pointed out the problems with trying to get that biophysical data at the same time as somebody's having a, a paranormal experience. Uh, it has been it has been attempted. Yeah, I've uh, tried it myself. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, invariably, we're chasing event. People, people don't generally wander around wired up. They have done. Um, we, we ourselves have attached thermometers to people um, mm-hmm. during haunting, during uh, ghost investigations to see if if there are any correlations. Now, what what you said about mood and about um, other things is probably better touched after the break. But that is certainly something the parapsychology, certainly something the parascience documents. Uh, we, we routinely measure as much as we can the state um, of the, the team members. Uh, and it's something that we also consider when t- talking to witnesses. We have, uh, and this comes into the area of and psychology, uh, we have you know, quite detailed uh, forms and questions that we mm-hmm. that deal with those specific areas. Uh, in order to try and understand more about the human experience. Well, we're going to take a break right now, but before I do that, Casey put in about the uh, popular depiction of of the of death as a skeletal figure carrying a large Sith and clothed in black cloak and hood was first arose in 15th century England, I believe, on the English, uh, while the title yeah. Grim Reaper was the first attest, attested in 1847. So, there you go on that. So, Anyways, uh, go ahead. Anyways, oh, very good, very good. So, anyways, that's the Grim Ripper, which is an interesting topic. Uh, I'd love to talk on that sometime, but uh, not today. So, anyways, we're going to take a break right now. You have been listening to, and still are, hopefully, uh, Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parsons and Ron Kolick right here on Tojinet Pararex. Uh, where else are we? What's that radio? Radio crackle. Radio crackle. 
Radio Crackle, and Planet Paranormal. And we'll be right Monday mornings just got scarier. Tune in every Monday at 11 a.m. for another episode of Ghost Chronicles Morning Edition with New England's own Van Helsing, Ron Kolick, and his inquisitive travel companion, Lou Blassie, the professor. Hey, that's me. Each week we'll delve into the realm of the supernatural where all that is is not what it appears to be. With remarkable guests, spirited conversation, and the occasional voice of the deceased, we'll bring you a whole new meaning to the term dead air. Ghost Chronicles, Mondays at 11 on Eagle Radio 1110. Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. for Ghost Chronicles, the Philosophizing Edition. And no mention of tea this week either by me. I don't know why the Americans have this obsession with tea. There you go. Why do you have an obsession? Why do you have an obsession with tea and Downton Abbey for... We love the British. Well, you shouldn't have fought us and gone for independence. Sir. Actually, sorry, uh... Uh, but you uh, still had your own queen. I saw a post on, I don't know where I was, maybe it was the Graham show or whatever, but they said if the Americans were so much, you know, loved the, the British monarchy so much, why the hell did they go for independence? I thought that was funny. <laughs> but uh, anyway. <coughs> we miss America. Yeah, well, come over. And, oh, you are in September. Good man. Yeah. 
How cool is that? Anyway, before the break, um, hopefully you're still listening live to Ghost Chronicles International, or you might be listening to one of our podcasts, or you might be listening to... I've forgotten what it is now. Is it Radio Crackle or Crackle? Radio Crackle. I've got me doing it now. That's funny. <laughs> or iTunes or one of the other million podcast things that we're on. Yeah, anyway. And before the break, we were talking about the subjective-objective correlation of evidence in paranormal experiences. Before, you know, I mean, I, I do want... You're breaking up a little bit, Steve, by the way. Oh, am I? That's not my fault. That's your fault. Anyway, uh, I do want to talk a little bit about your trip to Ireland, too. I'm I'm interested in uh, what occurred while you were over there. So um, if you've got a little bit more to say about this, fine. But I do want to get to Ireland as well. Let's let's head back across the Irish Sea. We'll do the Ireland one, then. Okay, okay. Uh, it, was, it was an interesting conversation, but uh, I, like I said, I, I really want to. Now, you just got back from how many days in Ireland? I was there uh, for a week, and I'm back again in two and a half weeks. Really? What are you doing in two and a half weeks? Uh, there's a charity ghost hunt for the Chernobyl Children's Charity uh, up oh. at Enniscorthy Castle, the location we broadcast from live oh, last very year. Very good. Very good. Excellent. So, uh, is if people could get can, can get can they get tickets to that event? I'm afraid that one sold out virtually as soon as it went uh, it went on. Um, oh, but I, I I understand that there might be an opportunity uh, later in the year as well. I think around Halloween I might be headed back over the Irish Sea. Oh, very well, very good, very good. So, anyways, you were over there for I forgot how many days already. My mind just. <laughs> uh, just well, you just told me, you know, okay. seven, seven days in a week. Yeah. Okay, seven days. And, and of course, uh, you were at Fort uh, Duncannon, which was interesting. And so well, why don't you tell me, first of all, I know you went to, uh, to go, what's that, ghostology over there. and uh, But you also did some investigations as well, correct? Um. Yeah, the first night I, I got off the boat, I went straight up to a place called Duckett's Grove, which um, is in County Carlow, which is about an, uh, still in that southeast corner, the um, very close to where I was last week at County Wexford. For those that remember last week's show, it's if you look at uh, Ireland, it's in the bottom to the seven, uh, four o'clock position on the map, right on the coast, County Carlow's in, in a little bit. Duckett's Grove uh, is a very large... Uh, um, mansion. I'll stick a picture onto the Ghost Chronicles page a little later. Uh, oh, cool. Although there were some. Um, and we were there because uh, a paranormal team from Austria had were also that night, and uh, the guys from Wexford Paranormal were hosting and had invited me along to uh, spend some time looking at the, this, this fabulous location that I'd first visited during Halloween last year uh, during the daytime. I'd had the opportunity to spend several hours um, walking around, wandering around uh, uh, at night on the first night there. What's interesting about Duckett's Grove is, I mean, it is it does look like the archetypal uh, haunted location. It's it's a big Gothic uh, building. It's it's abandoned. It's deserted. It's it's, it's got no roof in many parts, uh, but. 
there have been uh, some interesting uh, human accounts, human experiences, and, and um, possibly one of the most interesting objective pieces of, of uh, information that I've seen for a very long time, which was taken with the thermal imaging camera, which really? is a, uh, an apparent figure. Um, the, the figure was tracked for um, some time uh, by one of the team who managed to get some stills of it with the thermal camera. And I've seen one of the stills from the sequence. Uh, I've heard the account of, of the, from the investigator. Uh, and explanations are very difficult to find because the figure appeared uh, in an area where it shouldn't. It was only seeable on thermal imager. It disappeared when approached. It moved. And so you start to rule out things like uh, it was also seen out, uh, out outdoors uh, as well as inside the building. So you start to rule out things like things like uh, you know from the thermal imaging course that we've both done reflections. Like you yeah. start you start to rule out uh, calibration errors with the thermal imager itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you start to build this picture based upon the the testimony of the investigator to the operator of the thermal imaging camera based upon the pictures uh, that, that were obtained by the thermal imaging camera, uh, which I unfortunately don't have a copy of, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure we get, I'm pretty sure we could actually get them or maybe get Michael back onto the show to talk about them. Well, was um, this a, you said it was an Australian group or an Austrian? Austrian. Uh, yeah, you got cut out. What was it? Sorry, Austrian. Austrian. From Vienna. The group were from the- Vienna. We should try to get them on the show. Then that would be interesting. Uh, um, I, I I'll have to speak with Michael about that because I don't have a direct contact with them. Right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, uh, sounds interesting. Might need to translate. Yeah. No, I, I can do that. The, group, okay. the, yeah, the, the Austrian group didn't get the thermal imaging pictures. The thermal imaging pictures were gained by Wexford Paranormal. Oh, it was uh, during an earlier investigation. Absolutely. Um, and I, I must say, I've got to say, I find. And the the uh, thermal picture certainly interesting. It certainly looks like a figure. Um, I mean, you can't find any detail. You couldn't sex it. You couldn't hide it because there's nothing to scale it from in the thermal ca- in the thermal picture. Well, what, you, you talked about the thermal testament. picture. What are we talking for the temperature of this figure? I am maximum on the scale was about 14 Celsius. It was clear that at some point the calibration on the thermal imager um, had drifted a little bit, but not not you know not too far. Mm-hmm. So it was scaled to it was scaled maximum to 14 Celsius, uh, which you know human skin temperature outside on a cold night uh, is certainly within you know within a, a, a few degrees of what the thermal imaging might uh, thermal imaging might produce given that the calibration can drift or the emissivity of the thermal imager wasn't set correctly. So there's no, no real problem there. Uh, there's no way of scaling the image because we don't have uh, anything within the picture that we uh, that is of a, uh, of a known height. You so, said there was no uh, problem with the, the, the thermal, but wouldn't that indicate warm-blooded? Well, whatever the object is, it's certainly warmer than its general surroundings. Uh, and that, you know, you can say that with a degree of certainty. What you can't say with any certainty is, is how, 
exactly how big it was, uh, how far away from the thermal imager it was, right. or what it was. But, but you know, to, to on first glance uh, and on you know more detailed scrutiny, it certainly appears to resemble a human form. And also, you have the testimony Maybe there's a reason because of the investigator. Well, you also have the testimony of the investigator to build upon that, because they said that they were they were following a figure, a moving figure. Now, that, you know, you put the two together, uh, you don't make five. You may make a human. Uh, it could, you know, there are, uh, there are possibilities that it could be explainable in, in normal terms, but those, those possibilities are, 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 you know, they're pushing the bounds of what's what, what likely took place. Right. Yeah. Without seeing, of course, you're really so, you're all guessing, anyways. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, not I, being there, you're I, still, I have still to, I, handicapped. No, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you are reliant upon the human testimony, but mm-hmm. you do have some some in, uh, evidence from a camera, from a thermal imaging camera. So you, you have something. It, there. You, there was certainly something there. There's no doubt about that. Mm-hmm. Something was. With a degree of certainty, it would be impossible to say. But it does support the testimony that the, that it was a figure. It does support, the, you know, uh, it doesn't contradict the testimony. Right. So that makes it unusual. And that, that makes it interesting for another reason, because over the years, I've had a thermal imager since 2006, and over the years... I can count three occasions when a thermal imager has shown up what might be a significant anomaly that it shouldn't be, uh, well, it should be doing, but it, sh- it shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. So they are useful tools. There's no doubt about that. But that was Duckett's Grove anyway. That was a Saturday night. Um, the Tuesday night, of course, you, you know what happened. We were we were talking from uh, Duncannon Fort, and uh, we were also talking about Ireland's most haunted house, Loftus Hall, uh, which which I, I unfortunately didn't get to visit because it wasn't open to the public uh, due to being a long time. Did you tell them who you were? Uh, it didn't make any difference. <laughs> The gold standing and ghost hunting? What? What? The gold standing and ghost hunting is not welcome to Loftus Hall. They certainly certainly liked that picture when we put it up on our uh, Facebook page. Yeah, you've got to remember that the gold standard of ghost hunting is actually the gold standard of a very minor hobby that, as I said at the start of the show, is not in terms of the greater picture of of the world that significant. Uh, but Loftus Hall has appeared on Ghost Adventures, so people could probably seek that out on YouTube and find out about it. But as as was pointed out uh, during last week's show, the entire story of Loftus Hall, uh, or the or the entire legend that they trade upon, that the devil shot out through the roof through a hole in the ceiling uh, after being exposed, uh, is took place in a building that isn't there. That wasn't that, that wasn't the, uh, there at the, the time. Ghost the, bu- no, the building. The building was the the building it took place in, as Michael explained last week, was demolished. Uh, it, its replacement, the current building, actually burnt down. Um, but the hole in the ceiling, which they point to and say that this is where uh, uh, the devil shot through the ceiling, uh, as, as 
Michael said, he said all of the joists from the floor above. Uh, so he probably came out the other side looking like he'd been through a French fry machine. Mm-hmm. So, uh, right. so that was the there material too. objects can interfere with spiritual well, ones. He, well, he, he managed to knock all the plaster off the ceiling on his way out and, oh, and punch a hole through the ceiling. Yeah. But then, you know... Well, you know, in, in order to get your vibrations up that high, you you have to make initial contact. So I understand how that works. So, yeah, yeah I can see that. So they just, once they were in sync with the rest of the material objects, then they were able to pass through them without any disruption. I understand that totally. Yeah, okay. <laughs> okay, well, that's made that perfectly clear for me as well. Um, I, you and know, then course, I'm always glad I can help anytime I can, you know. I'm obliged to you. And then, of course, on Saturday, um, now, you remember Ghostology from last year uh, in New England, but the, the version that was used uh, in Ireland was, its, was the full version, not the, not the diet version, Ghostology Light, which was all you'd let me do, uh, because Americans have got very short attention, Spanish, you explain to me. Did you give uh, no-dose pills out before the course started? Um, well, I can't say whether it's a success or not because that you know I have a I have a biased view of it because it's my course I present it I, I you know I, I put the whole thing together uh, I can only go on the feedback that was generated from the participants who said it was a very positive experience oh, and it was a very it was a very interesting experience for some because um, there's no equipment uh, in fact Ghostology one. Uh, actually advocates uh, or, or starts from the basis that we don't need equipment. That, first of all, we have to deal with the process of you investigating. That's a paradox, don't you? Is it? Yeah. Because at the beginning of the show, you were talking about the human experience and how we really couldn't think it, but then we could say equipment can really mark it, so therefore we need equipment. Well, equi- so no, I, equi- yeah, so but equi- totally but confused. No, it's no, there's no paradox there because I was starting off on the basis of saying it is a human experience, but that equipment can be used to objectify some of the subjective uh, experiences. So for, so when, when we're discussing the process of investigation, what often happens with paranormal teams or uh, new investigators is they decide that they're going to form a team or that they're going to uh, investigate paranormal and they buy the equipment first and then they spend the equipment becomes the reason the mechanism the method of investigation and they forget the actual process of investigation that should take place uh, even before the equipment is an add-on and so in ghostology uh, the, the process of of teaching, uh, developing the skills that, that are required for studying these phenomena means that, first of all, you have to develop those skills, and those skills do not require the use of equipment. And I think that surprised a few people. I think what also surprised a few people is that ghostology is actually uh, positive towards the use of psychic methods. It doesn't... You know, psychic methods should not be excluded from, from the... In- investigation process they need to be considered they need to be considered in a balanced way not not you know the way that unfortunately a lot of groups have with their resident mediums is that somebody declares themselves to be psychic or sensitive and their testimony is given a greater degree of weight and significance over everybody else's when in fact it should be given exactly the same degree of weight and importance as everybody else's because at the end of the day it's just another 
Observe them. Testimony. Yep. So, uh, I think the feedback on the day and subsequently has been positive, um, which I think, you know, I, I'm pleased about. Uh, we did have one huge problem to deal with uh, when we arrived at uh, Duncannon Fort, which was, uh, you know, I like to be prepared. I'm like the, like the ultimate Boy Scout. Uh, mm-hmm. um, everything's got a backup. Two, two sets of presenting uh, equipment, two sets of cables, two sets of connectors, two sets of leads, two sets of absolutely everything but no electricity. We found out an hour or so before the event started that we had absolutely no electricity on the site due to essential maintenance. They'd had to turn off the entire electricity supply to the uh, fort, uh, which meant that we, uh, the guys from West Paranormal produced the generator, uh, which failed to work. So we then needed a backup generator, which uh, was kindly supplied by, uh, by a friend uh, or mm-hmm. father of a friend friend and uh, we had electricity for the for the daytime part of it but uh, the evening was uh, really back to basics because we were investigating a fort that's been there since the 16th century in its present form um, and there was no electricity anywhere within the within the location so uh, unfortunately well excellent to a point except we didn't have the facilities to make hot drinks either Oh, well, so, that's what they have Irish whiskey for. Well, you know, they're a, hard, they're a hardy lot. We even, we even uh, gave them the option of uh, finishing a little earlier because the temperature was cold, it was windy, there was some heavy showers going through. Oh, uh, but, uh, but everybody stuck it out to the very end. So, mm. uh, And spirits were, were still high at the end. So, uh, I, I, mean, I like personal that. that good. Very good pun. And... At the end of the at the end of the evening, people presented um, to the to the other groups, to their peers, a review of what they did, how they did it, why they did it a particular way, and they made they had made uh, detailed and meticulous notes uh, of their experiences, which were handed to uh, Michael and the, the the team from Wexford Paranormal, who have been investigating Duncan for for quite some time now, and continues to investigate Duncannon. And, of course, those uh, 17 people uh, who were there on Ghostology, that's 17 additional sets of uh, subjective information and human experiences that add to the general uh, base of knowledge that's being built up by the guys from Wexford. Mm. Interesting. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I've just spent the entire day finishing Ghostology 2. Uh, which is the part of ghostology that looks at the equipment. Oh, I see. Because so, equipment is important. So that was a, an all-night affair. Uh, and uh, did you do any investigating, or were you just uh, were you just facilitating it? Yeah, unfortunately, that, see, that's one of the downsides of doing what I do. Sometimes I don't get the opportunity to do what I like doing best, which is to get hands-on, down and dirty with the ghosts, and uh, do my own investigations. I mean, I am in a haunted build, uh, a haunted location, and uh, there were there were you know quite some periods when I was alone, but not in the right places because obviously I don't want to be interfering with with the participants on the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am there very much as a facilitator. I do intend to go back uh, during the year privately with the guys from Wexford uh, to examine 
recommend the location. There's some one one or two of the uh, experiences that they've reported uh, are interesting from my my own infrasound research, and so I hope to go back and do some measurements and. Uh, and also, hopefully, experience some of the intriguing things that the that the, uh, that the team have experienced during their own visits. Uh, objects moving, sounds, really. So, uh, objects moving. You know, that's I'm all into that. Well, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a ghost hunter, and mm, I'd like physical, to go and do physical some, stuff. Yeah, I want to go and investigate ghosts sometimes so I'm going to get back to Duncan Fort as a ghost hunter rather than as a, a ghostology tutor mm-hmm. so that was the the site for ghostology I take oh. it that was all done at Duncan um, a fabulous location if anybody's ever going over to Ireland and uh, I know that uh, maybe one day we'll get you there uh, um, Duncan Fort should be high on the list if people are th- Thinking about going to Loftus Hall, um, which has the claim, of course, of being Ireland's most haunted building, then uh, five miles from, from it is Duncannon Fort, which you have to nearly pass to get to Loftus Hall. I'd stop at Duncannon Fort. Uh, I think your time, your energies will be better spent at Duncannon. Mm, interesting. So that's well, of course, so that... you, well. Yeah. I so, believe that the devil well, you never know you never know you might come back I'll eat naysayers you might come back and say hey I'll go do this again for you just so you'll oh, it's not a case understand. it's not a case of whether the devil shot through the ceiling uh, you know that's a huge that you know you have it you have a testimony there uh, the problem that we have now is that the hole in the ceiling is in a building that wasn't there when the event uh, is said to have taken place you know, I heard something, and it came to mind, and I'm trying to get the particulars, and I can't remember it. Something about churches in England, like the devil threw them all over the landscape or something. Where was that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, we've got we've, we've got a few over here in, in Britain where uh, people were building churches, and at night they would come back and find that the devil had uh, thrown the stone that some distance away. Um, oh, okay. So, yeah. All right. I did, I did remember that. Gla- okay, I, I thought Glast- I was going crazy. No, I think Glastonbury is is one of the uh, the many uh, throughout the UK where the devil has disrupted the building or relocated the site of the church. And, of course, folklorists always associate that with the... Uh, because many Christian monuments and churches are built on earlier pagan sites. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And, uh, this, I think that... That's for the that's for the folklore, so. But there are we, we there are uh, many throughout uh, England and Wales and up into Scotland. Um, the other association, of course, with the devil and churches, uh, which is predominantly a Celtic association uh, from Scotland and Wales, is that if you run anti-clockwise, or as the Scots would say, widdishins around the church, I think seven times the devil will appear before you. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. We'll have to talk about this again sometime. Uh, the devil in England. I mean, we, you, you were, you know, you've mentioned demonology a few times as something new, but the devil has been all through the history of uh, England and the UK and uh, Scotland and Ireland, and he appears so many times and in, in so many ways. Uh, so. 
you know, we'll have to talk about well, that. Devil, an interesting well, show. The devil, yeah, absolutely, because the devil isn't the demon. It isn't demons. Demons are... Uh, demons are minions uh, of the devil. That's right. The devil is the devil himself. That's okay. right, the big D. So anyway... Or is that the Irish the, the devil? That was the de- yeah the devil the uh, that was the doorbell which means pizza from the dead is here so we do have to uh, leave. Uh, it's sort of uh, interesting yeah we so we just got a new line for a show and we will talk about the devil in in the UK and and I'll dig up some in the US of course we're not as old as US so we don't have as much of the devil we are all demonologist recently yeah we did have but, a demonologist uh, a yeah, well, it's different than having a demonologist. I want to talk about the big guy himself and and how he has he uh, he appears in uh, history and in, uh, in uh, folklore and legends. So I think we'll do a show on that. I think it'd be fun. So, anyways, okay, I'll wrap it up. I shall dig through my bookshelves. <laughs> oh, you and just click Ghost Chronicles and pick up the ones there. <laughs> Excuse me, not Ghost Chronicles, Ghost of Day, but anyway. So I want to thank you so much, Steve. Uh, always interesting. I always love talking theory with you. I mean, that's the problem is is there isn't enough talk about theory. There's it's all about proof, not about theory. Hmm. It's but all about red pods. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, all right. So till next time. Good night. God bless everyone. Good night. God bless. And may your god or devil go with you. There you go. to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us good Lord.